On Second Shot, we tackle two new headlines every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And we want you to be a part of that. When you see a headline you want to take a second shot at, or if you're looking for advice, or just want to tell us what you think of the show, email us at secondshotcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, rate us on iTunes. This helps us move up in the ratings so more people will see us. And if you want to hear more, subscribe to the show so that the new episodes will get straight to you every single Friday. We love you. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Heath Oaks is a millennial mogul whose ignorance on fire led him to fail his way to success. Jenny Anchando is an Emmy award-winning journalist whose sharp eye and biting wit have led to her storied career in television. Together, they tackle today's headlines in a way only an odd couple with a dash of perfect opposite can. So kick back, relax, and join the conversation. This is Second Shot with your hosts, Heath and Jenny. Well, hello, hello, everybody. Great to have you here on Second Shot. I'm Jenny Ann Chondo. My millennial mogul husband is off today trying to be some sort of millennial mogul. He'll be back next week. We do have producer Zach here. Hey, how's it going? We have producer Matt here. What up? How's everybody And our special guest, Sandy Diaz Haley, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. So Sandy is the founder of a group that I love in the Dallas area. And I I don't know if she has this vision, but I have this vision that it's going to be a nationwide group. Um, so why global. not put We're it going on global? Why not put it on a global podcast? We have had some people <laughs> listening from Germany and France. So um, maybe we'll get them in. So it is the bad A ladies of DFW. I always promise to make this a family-friendly show if I don't put a warning on the front. So so your provocative name shall be Bad Eight Ladies of DFW. Thank you for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. <sighs> so you guys, uh, you know, we, we here at Second Shot, we try to keep everything, you know, fun and, and lighthearted and introspective, though. And we do, you know, what we do here, if you're new to the show, is we take a news headline, we take a second shot at it. We try to find a life lesson, a business lesson. We try to find... Um, a community lesson that can be pulled from the stories and in the one that is very much still on our hearts today when this episode releases is that of Kobe Bryant. I mean, I say today, it's something that so many of us are going to be thinking about for years to come. So we just kind of felt like we needed to do this one and, and give it some time yeah. and give it some discussion. Yeah. It felt wrong to kind of just skip over it. It's such a big story and it's impacted so many people. The headline out of CNN, uh, Kobe Bryant dies at 41 years old. Uh, the world was shocked to find Sunday morning that Kobe Bryant had passed away in a helicopter crash along with nine other people uh, when they crashed on a hillside in Calabasas, California. Among the victims was Bryant's 13-year-old daughter, Gianna. Uh, tributes have been pouring in from around the world for our five-time NBA champion. Uh, projections on the side of buildings, flowers, uh, you name it, people have been doing it. Um, really something. Quite the headline. Yeah, gosh. Dude, I know you're not much of a sports fan, but of course this is a, this is a name that is so familiar. Like, yeah. even for a non-sports fan, yes. this is somebody who makes an impact, right? Yeah, big time. Um, it's, it's, it's something that was really weird for me because I'm, I'm people who listen to the show know I'm, I'm not a sports fan. I'm not a sports guy. Definitely not a basketball guy. Um, but like the number of times, this is going to sound small and I don't mean for it to, like the number of times I've like <laughs> crumpled up a piece of paper and thrown it in a wastebasket and said, Kobe, as I did it, it's happened a lot. And like the few times I've like played basketball with people, like it's something you do. The, like it's more than just 
the sport he was in, he, he ascended to something larger, um, even to people like me who didn't ever really watch him. That's, that, that's so huge. It re really, and that's why I brought it up. I had a feeling even Zach would have a, you yeah. know, a Kobe story or a Kobe memory. Um, what were you doing when you found out? I didn't believe it. It yeah. was one of those things that um, I got on Twitter. I got on Facebook. It's like People aren't talking about this. What's going on? There's no way that this could be real. Um, but then finally, when you know it was confirmed, it just, yeah, it, he was more than a basketball player. Yeah. You know, um, he was involved in so many other things. He was very knowledgeable. He was worldly. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it just life is, man, life is fragile. Yeah, you know, she says life is fragile. And that's like, when I think of a second shot on this story, because that's what we do, that's our, our brand. Um, there are so many, there are so many ways you can go with this in terms of like, what can we glean from this? This is an ultimate tragedy. Um, what can we glean from this? And the, the really the standout, and maybe this is just obvious, um, is just that, just that tomorrow is, is not promised. It's so not promised. And yeah. it's almost scary to me how much pressure we need to put on ourselves to, to know, like, you don't have a second to waste. You don't. You don't have a second to, I'm going to do that next year. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want to get it done, get it done. If you want to see that person, see that person. If you want to accomplish that career thing, if you're unhappy in your situation, like, we don't get to do it next year so often. How many people have we lost in the last couple mm -hmm. of years who who may have had you. I mean, certainly this is an example of somebody who accomplished a lot um, and seemed to fulfill what he wanted to do. But I think about it too with um, with Brighton. Sometimes I think if I'm working a lot, I think, oh, I'm going to see her and this is going to like make me emotional. But I think, okay, I'm going to work a lot now, but it, that's going to allow me more time later. But it's like, no, yeah. if time with her is what I want now, like time with her is what I need to take now. And it's really a matter of figuring that out. And I'm not, you know, I, I want to get into like a, a stay at home working mom debate because that's just a, an eternal struggle that none of us will be able to master. But just it makes me think about how intentional I am with my time and not to spend a second of it doing something that isn't serving my greater purpose. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, and you take so much for granted, right? Oh, yeah. Just, there's there's moments in life that it's funny because you that you live them. And then you look back and retrospectively, you're like, wow, that was a big deal. I should have appreciated that more mm -hmm. in that moment, especially mm -hmm. when people pass like that. You know, I had um, my grandmother passed away three weeks ago. Oh, I'm sorry, Sandy. And I learned um, that she was the very first female pilot in Peru, the whole country of Peru. Wow. Amazing. I didn't. I kind of knew maybe nuggets of that, but I wish that I would have, when I was there last year, that I would have sat down with her and said, wow, five kids and you did this. So just, you know, like those moments that pass, you just, it's gone now. I didn't have that opportunity, you know? So how many other opportunities were there out there for these nine people to have these moments and mm -hmm. they're gone. And, and, and for people to care about one another and hear about their stories. Sometimes we are gifted with that. Before my grandfather passed, it was clear that, you know, he was, I think he was 93 or 94. At that point, you know, you know, this is, this is kind of wrapping up. So we were gifted with the opportunity to sit by his bed and to get the stories and to hear about them coming from Mexico to America and to hear about, um, you know, his service to our country. But had I asked him about that in the previous 30 years of my life? No. 
And that was a big hit. That really hit home with me too. Like, why are you only doing this at the end? Why didn't you have that curiosity about this amazing member of your family? Um, and I hope I'm doing a better job at that now, you know, having gone through that, but it took me going through that yeah. um, to kind of get to that place. Yeah, I think we, we all think we're pretty tough, right? Just naturally. Like we, we, yeah. we, we have an ego about us and maybe it's like just humans in general, but like we, we all think we're, we're, we're gonna be around for a while. You start to think long-term, right? You're making investments. You're putting money in your 401k. Like you're thinking, this is, I'm setting things aside for the future, for, for mm -hmm. what's next. And you mm -hmm. should, that's really yeah, important. Yeah, that is smart. Right, of Good course. job, millennial yes. Zach, planning I'm for the not, future. Right. That is important yeah, too. Before I out myself as a millennial, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but at the same time, like you definitely gotta, you gotta appreciate what you've got now. And you can never assume that you've reached a level where you're invincible because you're just not. Yeah. Like ever. Um, and that's really a bummer, but it's important to embrace that and appreciate what you've got more. Oh, that's true. What did you think, Matt? What were your thoughts on, I mean, just, just uh, second shots on this, this whole thing? Well, I mean, I think I was with a lot of people where I didn't believe it at first because mm -hmm. I, um, somebody. Yeah. He I said, no, I woke him up and I was like, yeah, no, he's like, no, he didn't believe me. He went online. He was like, ah, no, uh -uh. no it's, it's true. I remember where I was. I was sitting in the Marshall's parking lot because I didn't want to go in and shop with my wife. So I said I dropped her off and I said, "Don't outside. miss those moments, Matt." <laughs> some that's a, mo that's a moment yeah. I can miss. Oh, <laughs> a moment I can miss. Um, but uh, yeah, someone texted me and they said, "Hey, uh, Kobe died." And and I, I, the first thing I did, which this might be a sign of the times, but I went to Twitter because I was like, "Surely, if if that happened, then I'm going to see it all over the place." And it wasn't. It wasn't anywhere. Same. And uh, it took about, I would say, ten or fifteen minutes for everything to catch up because yeah, I guess it had just happened. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, there, I did go through that stage of like, oh, I can't, I can't believe that. You know, like he had just tweeted something about LeBron passing him on the all-time scoring mm -hmm. list and, um, you, know, you know, things like that. And I, I can't believe it. But the farther away I've gotten from it, I, I have come around to that point of view where it's like it's really not that unbelievable. I mean, it happens more often than we'd like it to. And it, and it just so happened to someone who was very much in the public eye. But, um, you know, when you when you step back and you think – I mean, that, that could be any anybody at any time as something happened. I'm not in a helicopter all that often, but I am driving on the highway or I am sitting at home and something could happen, you know, anything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it does, it does, I think, make everybody step back for a second and say, even with everything that Kobe had, you know, like all that he had accomplished, uh, he, it was just like every one of us and it could happen at any time. Yeah, yeah, th that's a good point. You know, it's, gosh, we all mourn over this person that we didn't know. I mean, most of the people listening did not know. We kind of looked at him and think, wow, what a shock. But that's such a good point. This this can happen with anybody. So I guess the encouragement is, you know, from me, and, and I'm working on this too, is to not let this be an Instagram post about, you know, life is fleeting. Don't just let this be a conversation on a podcast that you hear and let go, like hold on to this because unless we make the changes, we're going to feel those same feelings about the missed opportunities. We're going to continue to feel those unless we make the changes within the structure of our lives and what our priorities are and, and what we're really focusing on. So we will be back in the second segment of Second Shot. He makes up words, she translates them. Heath and Jenny host more of Second Shot, coming up on RNCN.
quick break to tell you about, gosh, a company that has saved us in so many different ways. You've heard us talk about myllc.com. So this is the space that we've gone to when we are setting up LLCs. They also set up corporations. And, and what they do is they make sure that all the legal stuff is checked off, and they also make sure that it's sent to you in the most succinct, efficient way. So that's one thing. The other thing that you get is, you know, I'm somebody that I was really new to business. I did not study business. This is uh, really a new part of my experience. So I was able to, you know, get them on the phone and have them explain what we were doing and what we were walking through. So they have actually made a really generous offer for our listeners. You're going to get $99 off the formation of a new LLC. So if you are starting a big business or a corporation, this works. Also, if you're somebody who's doing kind of a side hustle, it is you got to protect that that money in that business and put it in something separate and create an LLC for it. So the code is 99myLLC, or you can go to myllc.com slash second shot and then go through and that will give you the opportunity to save $99 off the formation of an LLC or a corporation. You guys know we wouldn't have anybody on here if we didn't believe in them a billion percent and if we hadn't used them ourselves over and over and over again. So again, myllc.com slash second shot or use the code 99myllc. Ready, aim, fire. Second shot is back for another round on RNCN. Well, I forgot to mention, even if, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube or on the Facebook premiere, you will notice we are in a new studio, you guys. If you're watching this and you haven't noticed we're in a new studio, I don't know what you're <laughs> I know, I know. completely different. <laughs> new studio view of Dallas. This yeah. is where we record from. And um, what's the city that we've been getting massive downloads from? Forest, um, Virginia? Shout out, yeah, shout out to Forest, Virginia, mm. a small town of about 9,000 that seems to be a second shot hub for some reason. It's just been killing wow. it out there. If you're in Forest, Virginia, write into us, secondshotcast at gmail.com, or um, uh, leave us a review and say, hey, listening five stars, because clearly everybody in that town loves second shots. It's the craziest thing I've ever it's seen. It's legit, like everybody in the town. <laughs> yeah. It's legit, like, a lot of our downloads, so shout out to Forrest. Maybe one day we'll do, like, uh, that is my dream, to do a podcast tour or do some remotes yes. or do some on-site. Yeah. Like, um, I noticed one person listened from from Paris, France, so maybe we need to go meet them. Um, so Forrest, we would love to see you, too. So, yes, secondshotcast at gmail.com or leave it. the review on iTunes. We would love to see you. So, new studio. We are working on kind of refining some things, but this is going to be our home at least for a little bit. So hopefully you are liking the new view. We think it's fun to update things, you know, for 2020. We think it's fun to up our game when we can. So hopefully this is like a fun new experience. Also reintroducing Sandy Diaz-Haley, who is going to share her story of MS actually in the third segment. So I'm, I'm, we're going to do news for our first couple segments and then really get her kind of second shot uh, on the third segment. And I'm looking forward to that. Yes. And now we have a story that mm, I may have picked out. I right. don't know. <laughs> you might have picked this out. You might have, you might have waited until Heath was gone to talk ah, about this one. It's uh, possible. I think Heath would have a lot to say about this uh, in the best way. Okay. And that's why he's not here. <laughs> our second headline for the episode, a study finds men are twice as emotional as women at work. Uh, men are actually twice as emotional, according to uh, some researchers. They said that... 
uh, in the study out of England, <laughs> men are twice as much. Man, I'm really stumbling over this one. The new studio, Chinese <laughs> comedy. It is the new studio. It's bright Cal lights. Calm one down, of the most common You're too emotional right He's too emotional, everybody. Yeah. One of the most common <laughs> sexist reasons you'll hear for why women can't be leaders at work like men is women are too emotional. According to a new study out of England, not so. Uh, researchers say there are six big emotions we experience at work. Those are joy, surprise, anger, sadness, disgust, and fear. And men are twice as likely to feel those feelings and let that affect their overall mood and happiness at work. They're also twice as likely to get upset, to take things personally when their ideas are being ignored, and 20% more likely to rage quit a job when things aren't going well. <laughs> How many times have you guys wanted to rage quit? I want Real to right now because you picked this. Yeah, we are ridiculous. your favorite show. <laughs> I'm about to walk out. <laughs> See ya. Um... Have, have any of you raged quite a job? I did, but it took me about two years to do it. But uh, yeah, so I definitely, I, I definitely got burn. to. Yeah, it was a real slow burn. I, yeah. I don't think that would be, count as a rage quit. But there were definitely times I, I could feel myself taking things more and more personally, and like getting more and more upset um, in a not in a uh, like a frustrated with with work kind of thing, but more like. You, you guys are personally insulting me kind, oh, of, yeah. kind of way. That's not cool. Um, and uh, and it was really nobody's fault over there. It was just the it was the nature of the radio business um, as, as it is. But yeah, there was there. It got to a point where I was I was like, I'm feeling I'm taking a lot of this home with me. I'm not feeling mm -hmm. great at the end of the day. Um, so I don't know if it, I don't know if it goes into that story, but it, quite as much. But because uh, I, I don't think I've ever just walked out of a job. I've never done that. Um, but, uh, I definitely have started having those feelings for sure. Yeah. That's interesting. I think about, you know, of course there is that stereotype. I think it's a pretty commonly held belief regarding that. And I think about working in a newsroom, you guys, newsrooms are unlike any other uh, things that happen in newsrooms would not be allowed to happen. It's one in of the craziest places America. you can work. It's really one of the craziest it's jobs really you can work. And, and yeah. I'm like, okay, it has only been men that have thrown things in newsrooms that yeah. I've experienced. So that's happened multiple <laughs> times over uh -huh. the span of 15, 16 years. But that's not to say that no women have been emotional. It's it's a hot, it's a hot kind of environment. It's an emotional environment. Uh, a lot of passion. As a, as a founder of uh, you know well, women's group like what you have. I will say one thing. I did rage quit a job once. I was waiting tables. I waited to the end of the shift. I'd been there five and a half years, and I just said, I've had it. I finished the shift, and I never went back. <laughs> so that was mine. What happened? Did no exit interview. <laughs> did I don't something happen that day, or were you I just, just I worked there. It was just it was five and a half years. It was too long. I just had it mm -hmm. and just said, this mm -hmm. is it. You will get no two weeks from Sandy. No, I was done. You will get five hours, and that's it. That's it. <laughs> um, but no, so what, the first thing I thought of when you mentioned this is that you know, I think God, this is probably a stereotype, but I feel like as women, we are not defined by our jobs as mm -hmm. much as men are. So I think that men place a lot of responsibility and self-worth okay. on whatever they do nine to five. And maybe some of us women think, you know, we, we maybe we take less home with us at the end of the day because we feel like we have more responsibility and i hate saying that because well, I, no be open with what you think yeah don't don't hate be, saying it because all, not yeah. all men I, mean, I think that men especially in 2020 they are you know there is 50 50 roles and you know my husband for example is as a great of a father as i am a mother and in fact he's more patient than i am mm -hmm. he's a better father than i am a parent <laughs> sometimes but 
Um, I do think that there's something to be said for the way that just men consider their jobs and their occupations to be who they are. If they introduce themselves, they are, hi, I'm Johnny, and I am a manager of da-da-da-da. Where, oh, as a woman, I say, you know, I'm Sandy, and I am a working mom, uh, an MS advocate. I'm the founder of this organization. I'm originally from Peru. And I think so much more beyond my actual title, oh, nine to five. Interesting. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I think there's a lot to that. I, I think you're right. I think men definitely feel this <laughs> subversive obligation to feel like, well, I have to have a good job. I, I gotta, I gotta make money. I have to provide for a family. Like right. I have to, I have to do all of those things. I, I think on top of that, there's a lot of like emotional intelligence that comes with it, right? Like, I think women are just taught from a very young age. You gotta, you gotta keep it together. You keep it tight, all right. And 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 you gotta, you gotta be on your game. Boys throw hands. We get in fights. Oh uh, yeah. It's 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 childish and it's immature and yeah. it just seems to be at least when I was growing up a thing that was common. And I think that transfers into adulthood. No, yeah. that's interesting. That's interesting to think about really the childhood aspect of it. Yeah. Too. It really, it, and that's true regarding the way that, um, and you know, I really, I want to say this too. I hate to do as much as I like joked about this article, I really hate to do men versus women or like comparing. Cause sometimes I think, Oh, that pulls us further apart. But then again, there are, are some things that can be inherent. I, I do think that's, it's worth talking about in the sense that I think there are probably maybe a lot of listeners that, um, this might apply to in the sense that it's something as as a man that that it was ingrained in you in pop culture almost like if back to when I was a kid and watching older shows and, and it was always kind of presented as you go out you earn the money it's all on your shoulders you're the one that has to come back and, and bring all the money home and even if that's not the reality of, of life right now there's still that kind of ingrained sense of I have to go do this I have to I have to go earn money for my family and if something happens at work that 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 impacts that you you do take it personally you're like you're taking food out of my mouth you're oh, taking money mm -hmm. out of my pocket you're you're harming my my family you're harming my wife my kids um, and so I think probably there I know we've gotten emails in the past we've answered these I mean this is, this goes back a long time but there are there are guys that will write in and they are uh, just obsessing over what do I do next? What, what is my next move? Like, how does this impact my family? And, and I know that there are a lot of people out there listening that probably take this very hard. And it might be time to step back and, and be like, okay, are you, are you shouldering too much of a burden when you don't really need to? Are you taking too much of this stuff home with you? Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting, you know, and, and you talk about, okay, yeah, things are, things are different in 2020, but by and large, like I look at Brighton's school, she goes to two different little school, it's, it's air quotes for those of you not watching it, you know, she's two and a half, but there are no stay at home dads in the two different things. You know, there are stay at home dads 100%, but it's still the majority. If someone's staying at home, the majority of the time it is still, um, you know, the wife or the mom, um, in that perspective. So I do see what you're saying regarding the, you know, maybe, maybe a different type of pressure and it's different in every position. I just met with a, um, a female news director who was the primary breadwinner and her husband was a stay at home dad. And then she had to take a job out of state and then she's moving. And I'm curious about what yeah. the, what the judgment is too on her versus if a dad had had to move for work. 
you know, it just kind of lingers in my mind. And I thought that must be, that would be really hard because yeah. America looks at women very differently with regard to what they sacrifice to not be with their kids or, or to, to support the family, even if they are the primary breadwinner. I'm getting kind of off topic though. With being, emo with, um, you know, this study finding that men are twice as emotional as women at work, it just made me think, man, we can't, like anytime there's a stereotype, always question it because, he, you know, we might be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think you're totally right. And I think back to like my days working in, in radio, it's not quite a newsroom, but like the, the people got real upset. We're always dudes, always. And I don't know, maybe there's something to that. I don't know. I hadn't thought about it, but at least in like an office setting, I think, I think you might be onto something here. This might, this might, this might be totally legit. That's what I'm saying. I also have a sense of paranoia about knowing that this is a stereotype and knowing that I'm not allowed to really get emotional because then it's, oh, you know, Jenny's bossy or Jenny's emotional or Jenny's a control freak or she's type A, like yeah. in the bad kind of way. So, so I, I think that's kind of like in the back of my mind too when I've wanted to be emotional. I wonder if the, the hidden meaning or the hidden message behind the story is that men feel more comfortable showing that emotion at work. And okay. whereas yeah. women, there there is there is that stereotype of, Oh, you're getting a little bossy or you're getting a little sassy or, or whatever. You yeah. know, you know what I mean? Like there's that if you speak up, then you're breaking out of the norm. Whereas men are allowed to slam doors and throw things and and um, you know, pound on their keyboard if they're if they're upset. Like that's more accepted in a way, so it comes out more. Hmm. I, I agree. And I, so I'm so glad you said that. I feel like men feel more comfortable bringing their whole selves to work as opposed to as a woman. There are certain things that I have to leave or I have to go for a walk or, you know, I'm not going to cry about this. Like, that's the last thing I want to happen is is to feel like I'm showing too much emotion. Like you said, mm -hmm. I'm too bossy. Whereas a man maybe doesn't have that worry, doesn't have to think about that. You know, they can mm -hmm. be more candid with their feelings. Yeah, I'd be curious to hear what you guys think. We're not going to do an official – well, I'll just say that – put this out there as a question. I'll try to post it on social media. Um, do you think – who do you think is more emotional at work? We'll put it the audience. Who do you think it is? Is it men or women? Is it none? Let us know um, on the Instagram pages, instagram.com slash second shot or in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash second shot. And in the third segment, you guys, we're going to go in deep with Sandy. Uh, her health journey is super powerful. You've got to stick around for this. I'm telling you, it could be really life-changing for you or someone you know. So we'll be back in the third segment of second shot. Now that's what I call ignorance on fire. More of Heath and Jenny still to come. You know you have a good partnership when the most recent reviews of your podcast are actually about the sponsor and how well it worked for them. So uh, yeah, you guys, Energy Ogre is legit. It's the real deal if you're living in Texas and not using it what is going on with you. So the way this works is they shop around your energy bills. So if you have, uh, you know, are with a certain company, they will check every month to make sure you're getting the best deal. We have saved more than a hundred dollars a month ever since doing this. And you know, it's winter now, sign up now when it comes summer, you're going to be saving insane money. So the way that you get on board with this is energyogre.com. And then when you go to sign up, you will get a free month when you use the code second shot. It, I don't know. Was this the best financial decision we made this year? 
possibly. <laughs> it has saved us so much money. So again, energyogre.com and then use the code second shot. If they cannot save you money, you won't get charged anything. So it's zero risk. You are going to love us for it. You're going to write us a review, not about the podcast content, but about Energy Ogre. And we're okay with it. Kick off your boots or suit up. The choice is yours. Welcome back to Second Shot on RNCN. And today we are second shooting with a guest, a special guest, Sandy Diaz-Haley, who is the VP of Digital Communications and Social Media at Mr. Cooper and the founder of that women's group I told you about. If you're not in it, um, search Bad A Ladies of DFW and you will find it and answer a couple of questions and you can join. But I really wanted to talk to her because we've gotten to know each other um, you know, over the last couple of years. And I think you know, I talk a lot about, about health and wellness and just how... I think it's important to not take that for granted. We spoke about that off the top of the show to really not take that for granted. And I think that you're someone who exemplifies that. Um, so let's take it back to 2014 and how you figured out that you had MS. Yeah. So I've always been a really healthy, very active person. Um, whether it was working out, working at a gym, I was the high school mascot, not to brag. Um, Go Sandy. That's right. Go Sandy. Um, but you know, never really had any health concerns ever. Um, I took a job in 2010 that had me traveling internationally quite a bit and I was always fatigued uh -huh. and I blamed it on all the travel or my legs and my feet would fall asleep and I would say, well, my important job, you know, I just, I better wear these compression socks because I'm on the plane all the time. I'm so important. <laughs> um, and then the symptoms kind of continued to get worse. And then in 2014, I was getting married. And, you know, MS, I didn't know anything about MS, but MS is really, the symptoms are really brought on by stress and heat. And my husband and I got married in Isla Mujeres, a tiny island in Mexico, okay. where it's hot. Um, and, and stressful. And stress, <laughs> you know, stress um, during a wedding. And so I basically could barely walk on my wedding day. It's a real bummer. Wow. And, and yeah. you just thought, okay, this is the buildup of the stress or how did then you find out? I think that I was, I was so distracted that I didn't scare myself. You know, yeah. I just didn't, I was like, you know, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to think about it later. I, you know, it's my wedding day. So it was kind of a nice distraction. I was just really annoyed that I couldn't do my dance moves like full out. Like those were the things that I was thinking in my head. I, I like, relate to that so much. I really want to bring it tonight yes. and I can't feel my legs, you know, and someone on the dance floor saw me and said, oh, you, you've got one shoe over there. I had no idea that I only had one shoe on. Like the things that were going on in my head was like, do I look good? Can I do the full uh -huh. out moves? I just, which is probably a blessing in disguise to that be That you were able to enjoy it and then figure out later once you got back what it really, what it really, what was. It really was. Okay. So you get this diagnosis yeah. and then what'd you think? Uh, well then, so what ended up happening is I had an MRI, which is a lot of the times how you can confirm a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, so multiple sclerosis is essentially a neurological disease. There's no cure, um, and it, without getting too boring and technical. So if you think about like the, uh, a cable, mm -hmm. um, there is you know the, the the coating around the wires, right, of yeah. a cable. That's called myelin. So in your brain, when your brain is impacted by a disease, a neurological disease like MS, you start to see a breakup in the myelin, and that's your nervous system in your brain and in your spinal cord. So I had the MRI and there were there were there was myelin breakup in both my brain and my spinal cord. So that ultimately sealed the deal there. Um, and then after that, I had to have 
uh, a spinal tap and there was a second confirmation of that, which the spinal tap leaked and that just like impact. Oh, it was just, listen, 2014 was just not good to me. Yeah. Okay. But, um, that's okay. I'm a survivor and I had, it was great. I was relieved that I had the diagnosis and I can move forward, um, with what the next step was, which was to figure out what the heck do we do now? It was scary. Um, I was shocked as, you know, like I said, being a very healthy person, but just kind of got through it, you know? And when you're in it, you don't realize the, you know, the impact. What, what you're heading for. Did you know, did you, had you known anybody that's gone through this journey before or were you familiar like it from the media or anything like that? There are two different types of MS. There is progressive MS and then there is relapsing remitting MS. So progressive is when the disease slowly progresses and that's you see people that are you know looking one way and then a year later you see them again and they're walking with a cane mm -hmm. or they have a wheelchair they have a hard time talking um but the kind of ms that i have right now is relapsing remitting so i have these different symptoms and when they're they're not under control which is obviously what happened during my wedding when it was gone basically it was peaking and it had gone untreated and undiagnosed um you know, that's a, that's an episode until I was able to get treatment. Okay. So how, so let's talk about your health journey. Cause that was really kind of what we, we figured, how did you put it, you know, how, how have you managed, how, how have you managed yep. it? So 2015, um, I got diagnosed December of 2014. I had just gotten married in October. We bought a house in February. I got pregnant a month later. So again, it was just boom, boom, boom a lot. Um, what's interesting about MS is that your body, and they, they've done a lot of tests to figure this out, but your body knows to um, protect the fetus right. when a woman is pregnant. And so you're, you don't have any symptoms during, there's your, your disease is dormant. It's during, on hold. Yes. Which is so really cool. So she's just cool. going to keep having babies forever. Oh, well, I'm getting old. Um, but um, so yeah. And so essentially I didn't deal with it that much uh, until 2016. And you, until you had a newborn. Until I had a newborn. I was not prepared for what happened then. Um, and I'm pregnant now, so I am hormonal and emotional. <laughs> so I'll see if I can do this. Um, what I didn't realize was how strong it would come back. Mm -hmm. um, and that was really hard. So I felt great and on top of the world during pregnancy. I loved the attention. I just loved everything about it. Loved that I felt great. It was the first time in a long time that I felt really good. Mm -hmm. And um, two months after Amelia was born, I just had a severe, you know, relapse and I was fighting it. Yeah. What does that look like for people who are unfamiliar? So essentially my hands and my legs and my feet went numb and I had a lot of um, vision issues. The only, what, best way to describe it is I, um, I felt like I was looking through a, a, is it kaleidoscope? Okay. Yeah. It was just very foggy. On foggy days, like, like we had earlier today, I, I get that again. It's just this weird memory of just having this weird vision. I, it's hard to describe it. I sound like crazy. But, um, so I was really fighting it, but I, you know, went to see my MS doctor and immediately was like, you know, you have to, you have to stop nursing. You've got to get your medication. And I think that's what I was fighting. I wanted to be able to continue to nurse my daughter and, and, you know, something my daughter said, my doctor said to me was, 
I couldn't even put her diaper on because I couldn't feel my hands. Yeah. They were so numb. And so it's like you, she said, you need to be the, the number one thing is you need to be a, a healthy mother so that you can, you know, really take care so of yourself. So, how do what does that look like? What, what is that? Yeah. Like, so, so I think people kind of understand, okay, what you were dealing with and how was, how did you kind of take yeah. control of it? So, what I did is, you know, there's like the, Technology and, and medicine has evolved over the last 10 years for MS. So where there were three different types of therapies, there are now over 16. So whether it is, you know, a, a pill that you take every day or shots that you give yourself every few days or infusions, um, you know, there's just different things that work better for different people. So I um, got on a drug where it was just a monthly infusion every month. Okay. No, but I mean about the health journey. Yes. The health yeah, journey. Yeah. So that was number the, one, though. you know, fitness and stuff. Right. That was kind of what you were saying. So the drug was number one because I, my body was freaking out. So number one was getting on the right track with the medicine that I needed. And it took probably six months to feel good again. And after I felt normal again, I, you know, I, I, I've known that exercise and diet were very important for this disease and um, the maintenance of it. And so I got on a bike and I started spinning and I loved it. And it just changed. It has changed my life. It has ultimately changed my outlook on my disease. It has changed. I definitely lost a lot of weight, which was great because it had been a long time before. I hadn't felt strong in a long mm -hmm. time. Well, it's hard going through pregnancy and stuff and nursing and all that kind of stuff yeah. anyway. Yeah. 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 And, and I felt like my body was my own again, you know, because even before I got pregnant, it was just there were these weird things with my legs and my eyes and I couldn't. So do you, so, so do they, I mean, are they saying that this like staying active helps keep you healthy is what I'm trying to find out. Yes. Is that the, yes. The correlation? Yes, absolutely. There's something to be said for that. Um, that is something that my, my doctors have said for a long time diet. They keep telling me that paleo is the way to go. Mm -hmm. I love food too much. I don't know that I'll ever be able to, to follow a strict diet, but it has a lot to do with moving, staying active and what you put in your body every day that can help the, um, you know, the maintenance and, and also slows the progression of the disease. Oh, see, that would get me right into paleo. Would that not? I mean, if someone told me that's going to, you know, impact oh. your ability to, to feel. I know. I'm just, I, I love food. I know where she's coming from. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, no. Just let me live. Serve, yeah, serve me yeah, up some bread. A tough yeah. spot. Just let me live. <laughs> tough spot to be in for sure. And I'm sure there are a lot of people um, listening. And this is kind of why I wanted to like you is I'm sure there's a lot of people who are listening who have had the doctor say you know if you would do this you would feel like this and they're like yeah 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 and then they go back to their normal thing but you did okay so maybe the nutrition's on point but you did get active you did make a sig significant change significant so what did that look like from where you were before to what you do now and how you use that to manage yeah so before I received the diagnosis I really, it had been a few years. I, I used to be an avid runner. Um, I did all kinds of things, but it, the, this MS thing, she's just, she's not, she wasn't good to me for a few years before 2014. So I wasn't working out at all. And so um, I didn't feel strong. I, I know I keep saying strong, but I just, I felt weak and tired. Fatigue has been a major issue for me from an MS perspective. So um, just being able to, that's why I say the medicine was so important for me. There's no way that I would have been able to get active if I didn't have that medication. So how did you get motivated from the pl place of fatigue? I'm hearing you say the exercise brought you energy, but so many people can relate to the fact that like, I don't want to do the exercise because I don't have energy. 
my friends dragged me there the first time, literally. They dragged yeah. me to a spin studio, and I would have not gone if there wasn't a social aspect of it. And my girlfriends weren't telling me, we'll go to brunch afterwards, we'll have mimosas. <laughs> That's what it takes. Yeah. Okay, great. And it was that very first time going, I remember what this feels like to sweat, to feel strong, to feel those endorphins. And it felt like myself again. And so it was just kind of ever, ever since that, it was just that first day going and saying, okay, I'm going to get on this bike. Oh, this hurts. Oh, I don't know how to work this thing. These shoes are weird. Just the intimidation of all of that. But it's it really just impacted everything that, that I've done going forward. So you keep doing it. So I am in my second trimester and it has been really hard. Yeah, so I'm going maybe once a week now mm -hmm. because of, again, I'm just, this pregnancy has been really hard on my geriatric body. Stop um, it. It's you what are they're, not allowed to be called geriatric. Which, which is what they're calling well, me now. Although I think that is, yeah, I think that if I had another baby, yeah, I would be in that it's category. The worst, it's kind of rude, Jenny. but it's the worst. You know. <laughs> but, um, so it's been slower than normal. You know, the last three plus months, I haven't been going as much but as But the I'm point is, you're keeping up with it. I guess the point I'm trying 1, to, yeah. to get to people is, right. is that she made a change and she stuck to it because we may not Absolutely. have MS, but we may have something where the doctor has said, hey, if you do this, and like, how many times do they say that? And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Heath did that. I mean, Heath had a... Um, Sure, he doesn't mind me sharing his medical information uh -oh. with the masses, but um, he had that happen with his um, cholesterol. They were like, dude, how often are you eating bacon? And if you look <laughs> at Heath, he looks super healthy. And he just has like the metabolism of a, a two-year-old. And he could probably just eat like garbage for the rest of his life and look super fit. But they were like, hey, look, like this is not going to serve you well. Like, do you want to live? I mean, but, but like real talk, do you want to live? Yeah. And he made changes, and I'm super inspired by that, by people who are, you know, that take the information in and say, okay, yeah, there's something to this. Yep. And it yeah. sounds like that's what you did. Absolutely. And I think something else that that I really took from this is listen to your body. Don't, you are not invincible, right? We talked about this yeah. earlier. Like you, there were all these things that were happening to me, and I just, you know, oh, it's because of my job and I travel so much, or oh, it's because I'm so busy. I'm not a superhuman, you know, you, you need to listen to your body and follow those signs, and I, I probably would have been better off being diagnosed years before, but it is what it is. Lesson learned. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, I think that's really good. What story? I, I, that reminds me, and I, I have a I have an aunt who has MS. Uh, my dad's sister, actually. Yeah. And when she was diagnosed a long time ago, mm -hmm. I knew pretty much nothing about it. Yep. I think like a lot of people. Yeah. And I still, well, I know a little bit more now, but I still don't know a whole lot. Um, as we get older, I, what what would have helped you? I guess when you were diagnosed at the time, you didn't really understand it, but like uh, people around you, anything that people could have done, what what would have helped out? Because I was too young, I didn't know yeah, any better, question. but I'm getting older. I'm yeah. Curious. Yeah. What. Well, I, I think there there wasn't really there weren't people out there talking about it, and that's why I feel so passionate about just sharing the awareness of the disease. Sure, um, because it one has come such a long way in the last ten years as far as the different. You know, I walk into the UT Southwestern MS clinic, and I walk in in my yoga pants, and I may have just worked out. Meanwhile, there's people in walkers and wheelchairs because they're older. They were diagnosed earlier, and they didn't have all the options mm -hmm. for medicine that I've had. So I feel really lucky, and I want to be an example for for other people because I didn't have that. You look at um, Selma Blair. Yeah. And she definitely, I mean, every, MS is so unique to every person. There was an interview that she did at some point where she could barely speak. 
Um, and then a few months later, she was fine. So everyone just has, it's so strange the different way that, that it can impact your body and, and, yeah. and mind. And um, But it would have been really, maybe scary, but it would have been nice to have seen somebody else out there and thought, oh, well, she still has a career and she's still surviving and she's a mom and she's okay. So yeah. I, I, I'm passionate about just getting the word out there. Like, I'm, I'm okay. You yeah. know, I'm, yes, I have bad days. And yeah, I don't know what the future is going to look like, but I sure as hell am going to be as strong as I possibly can be, as active and healthy and try to set an example. Well, Sandy, I appreciate you. I appreciate your mission, the way that you're putting the word out there. How can everybody get in touch with you? Well, they can get in touch with me. Well, a few things. So uh, I'm the founder of Badass Ladies of DFW, which is um, a group for women, uh, just career-minded women. They can find us, as you said, on on Facebook at, at Bad A uh, Ladies of, of DFW. <laughs> So much for family friendly. I know. I that I know, one so bad. Yeah. Um, we also are on LinkedIn. We're on, you know, the internet. Uh, bad eye ladies of. Uh, just connect with me. I'll link yeah. you guys up. We'll, yeah. put, it, we'll put it in the show it's notes fine. or something. So it's, it's fine. It's a way to just uh, really just inspire and support one another. I think we don't do that enough as females. Sure. Just empower and support one another. So that's probably the best way. So here's the deal, you guys. If you have been enjoying Second Shot, if you've gotten anything out of this episode, if you want to help support this mission of us bringing inspiring stories to people, of us taking a second shot, giving everybody a second shot, we would love to hear, a, uh, you know, what you think of the show. Leave a rating, leave a review. If you can't figure it out on iTunes, shoot me a DM. I will walk you through it. I have to do that because Heath's off and you know that is his, his primary mission and goal. Um, You're not I, doing enough shame. Shaming, yeah, know. yeah, I know. It's, it's he true. wants it to be more shamey, but that's just not really my, my <laughs> flow. So if you want to connect with me, um, I am going to be in the Second Shot group, facebook.com slash group slash Second Shot. I am also all about the health journey and the health mission. That is facebook.com slash group slash Safe Swaps. What about you guys, Zach and Matt? Uh, yes, uh, at Apple Zachintosh on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I do a movie podcast called Off Script Film Review. You can oh, find it wherever oh you found boy. Second Shot. I know, plugging my own. My, <laughs> it's fine. We're just going to uh, go on for an hour. Keep plugging. Besides that, yeah, Facebook.com slash group slash Second Shot. Uh, come join the conversation and uh, let us know what you thought of the show. Uh, and you can find me at uh, Matt Stoker one on Instagram. You can also hold on. I'm gonna get the camera on me real quick because everybody <laughs> camera on me in three, two, one. Yeah, here we go. Uh, you can find me Matt Stoker one on Instagram, also on the Second Shot Facebook group. And I've been trying my best to pop in whenever Jenny does the uh, watch party for the new episode. So you can find me in the comments there as well. That's right. Thank you guys so much for your support of this mission. We sincerely appreciate it. We love you guys, and we will chat with you next week.